Action Park Media. Good morning, everybody. A bit of a disclaimer for this episode. So it's with my amazing accountability coach, Christy. And if you're wondering what that is, then listen to the episode. Essentially, I need help when taking care of myself and I need to (laughs) have a list to get approval so that I actually drink water, etc, etc. But I also wanted to just put a disclaimer in. Chrissy does work uh, with a lot of women who are trying to lose weight, who potentially have had children or, um, yeah, just need some help. I just want to be very clear that I'm not encouraging or think anyone needs to lose weight, but I also understand that there are people out there who need support and need help if that is something that they wish to take part in. So just wanted to set um, this episode up with a bit of a disclaimer on that. Christy's amazing. You guys are going to love her. Lots of good tips and tricks in here as well. Um, so this is Pretty Depressed with Christy. So this is an exciting episode because we're speaking to, I'm going to call you, Christy, my accountability coach because <laughs> like it. you really are. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know what that means, what is it that you do and why am I addicted to how you're helping me? <laughs> Yes, that's a good question. Um, I do have people feeling quite addicted to it. I think it is basically just having someone to support you when there's just so much information out there. And when you get a little bit stuck, you don't know what to do. You may be doing everything you think is right and you've got nowhere to go because you've, you know, you've tried this, you've tried that, you're doing the exercise and yeah, you just, you need someone's support other than just an app or uh, it's actually someone to ask a question to. So I think that's, you know, I think that's really important. There's so many sort of app-based programs and things out there. And yeah. So a lot of people come to you, I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, primarily to kind of start a, a weight loss journey when they probably reach that point of exhaustion of trying a lot of things. Now, I am with you not for weight loss. I am for non-scale goals because I have no self-control and discipline and I get tired and fatigued and I basically came to you at a place six months ago where I was incredibly, I looked healthy, but I was incredibly unhealthy. Um, I didn't have a lot of education around food, around health. And it was my best friend, Albie, who was with working with you because she was trying to move some weight after a second pregnancy. And she put me in touch with you because my gut health was so poor. And then I've started your programs. Um, so I guess the first place to start is explaining what you do for me. So people are like, Kim, what is accountability? And I can at first answer that by saying I have a list of 30 things that I have to try and achieve each day. And because I'm a people pleaser and a type A, <laughs> you best believe I'm ticking those 30 things off because I know Christy's <laughs> going to judge them. Because people might think, oh, you don't need accountability, but I do because without you checking in on my health, I'm not doing it because I don't because love that surprises me about you because you do you do you know you do check it all and it's you know I think the spreadsheet works so well for you you definitely tick all the boxes so for me to kind of keep thinking that you're not this organized person is a real surprise because something in that ticking each day ticking each day having those small goals to achieve yeah maybe pleasing someone maybe having someone to answer to um, it's just incredible because you are very organized when it comes to this but I'm not organized in taking care of myself. I'm very good at taking care of other people, but I'm not, I misbehave by eating poorly. Like that's what I do. Or I run myself until I reach exhaustion, but having 
And for those who don't know, the 30 things that I took off are things like drinking eight glasses of water. They're not rocket science necessarily. Mm, Eating less less sugar, getting eight hours sleep, which is a tick that I'm not very good at. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're working on. Uh, It is something we're actively working on. So I have found great joy and pleasure and success in having someone keep me accountable. Now, you've obviously figured this out. And how did you figure this out? Because now this is your business, really. Yeah. So, so it, how I mean, get to this place for you? Actually, I know it's crazy. It actually started in 2011. My husband and I decided we'd run a wellness challenge at the university. So, we actually did this 30 day challenge a long time ago. And I was heavily pregnant, getting up at four in the morning, um, you know, expecting Bob any day and running this challenge. And we, you know, we were going in there doing these live classes um, and we thought, you know, people are already exercising. Most people who come to me are already exercising, not all, but a lot. They've already got their exercise routine sorted. So we wanted how we could get these results and make it, you know, this well-rounded program where people could do something sustainable. So we like to actually educate people. We're not really big fans of just going in, doing one seminar and nobody practices what what you've preached. So we like that people have succeeded and it's ongoing. So we decided we'd educate them with this beautiful list that you've talked about, the 30. And that is, um, it sounds like a lot, doesn't it? It sounds like a lot for people to take on. But we didn't think that it was enough just to do exercise and watch a bit of your diet. We had to, we knew things like creating, you know, Um, stress-free situations by breathing and getting more sleep and making sure, as you said, going back to the basics, people just were not doing it. Every time I go into a business, corporate, you know, business and try and organize their wellness, they are not drinking enough water. They're having too much coffee. They're not sleeping enough. They're not even taking five minutes. Yes, they're exercising. (laughs) Yeah, they know they have to eat their greens. But, you know, it's all those little basic things that we're just not doing. And the other thing that we've found successful with this list is the um you know a little bit of intermittent fasting giving your body a bit of a break the digestion so we basically tried it out in you know 2011 and it was successful um but then as covid hit you know a few years ago nearly the covid anniversary um we had to put it all online and that's where i created this group with just a few friends really and used the 30 that we had and sort of evolved it from there to make it more specific to women And it it does, I think there is something. And so just so you guys know, there's also a Facebook group when you're part of the program and um, that accountability and community, have you noticed that be a huge um, factor in people's success because they do feel like they're backed with a community that is of women as well? It's like not. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that is one of the biggest game changing things about this program. I didn't think the page would be that successful. You know, people are at a time where they don't want to look at social media that often and have a break from it. But that page just, you can just feel the love oozing out of the women who want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you post a recipe, everybody wants that recipe. Or if someone's achieved a mountain climb or their 10,000 steps, there's just so much love from everybody coming into that page. And, you know, um, I think people put in what they get out as well. Some people sort of sit, sit back and just watch what's happening on the page. They don't really like to comment, maybe a bit shy or and others just use it as another form of accountability. So yeah, that Facebook group has built some community and people have actually, I didn't realize they're actually making friends outside of the group and meeting up and doing sports and things together, you know, off the page. So that's really cool for me to hear that they've connected that way. Do you get a lot of people who have come from experiences either at gyms or with whether it be trying to change some health factors or trying to lose weight that are really scarred from bad experiences? 
Yeah, definitely. First of all, I, um, I question the fact that I've called it a challenge sometimes. Um, it is a personal challenge, but one big question I have is that, oh, I've done these challenges before. I really failed at it. You know, oh, they made me do 100 burpees a day. I couldn't do it. I don't have those in my program. You know that it's your own goals amongst the goals that I think that you, you know, you should give it, give a go. So people have come from, yeah, quite sort of boot campy type situations where they've actually, they may have thought they'd failed um, and they bring that with them, or they've done a lot of um, really hard exercise and not been able to get their goal weight because they're not doing their nutrition. So they come into these programs thinking, or also thinking it's just a quick hit and maybe wanting really fast results. So yeah, there's definitely some programs that have um, set people up for, or I don't want to say bad training because there's no bad trainers. Everyone, all trainers are trying to care and do the best for their clients. But yeah, there can be some bad advice out there and it is really, really difficult dealing with women. And in fact, I probably cringe at the things I might have said before I'd had kids to women, you know, um, trying to be mindful of a woman who's pregnant doing a program or, you know, but actually just trying to visualize it without having had kids myself. So, you know, you come from, yeah, there's, there's some, it's tough to sort of sift through the advice out there and people have come from places of where they feel like they've failed. So it is nice to have that support. Um, how did you get into it? Because obviously you are this beacon of knowledge. You're like a guru almost, but like without stealing our money and giving us poor advice or doing the opposite of that. But you are kind of like this guru. Is it just come from a place of passion for you or has this always been a health journey or did you used to be wildly unhealthy? Yeah, what is kind of your journey? Yeah, I kind of sometimes wish I'd love, love to say I had this massive transformation and... <laughs> I used to be 140 kilos, but no, um, I was, I feel like I was born running. I do feel like I've had that head start. So it was like, it's like a real passion for me. I was literally doing cross country running. I was school gymnastics, you know, champion, blah, 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 doing um, hoop routines at assembly. And yeah, my friends think it's hilarious, but I guess I was sports captain at school. I've loved, I love fitness. And I, I think also having a dance background, as you know, I just love anything to do with dance and music and things that just make you feel alive. So I'm very passionate about that. Um, I've always been interested in nutrition and it's, I guess it's come from a place of a bit of selfishness, trying to work out my own body and what works. And I feel like I kind of have only started to figure it out and I'm 45, <laughs> you know, the things that maybe I used to do in the past that were probably just running on fast metabolism back then when you're younger and now it's like, okay, we're not the same body anymore. I have to change it. So I've taken from my passion and all my learning and I have um, a sports science degree. So I started university thinking I want to do arts and, you know, languages. I did, I did a, BS, a Bachelor of Arts in French, German and Spanish. And I thought, okay, that's, I love it, but I'm not going to get anywhere with this, I think. And so I want to join United Nations. So I added a sports science degree in and did that and finished that one and, um, yeah, did sports performance nutrition at AUT. And since then, I mean, you have to have certification. You have to know the ins and outs and the basics. So, sure. yeah. What do you think is people's biggest obstacle? Um, and I say that, you know, if, if people are really wanting a, a transformation and I, coming to you like I did, where the list goes on of ailments of things that I was experiencing, what is the biggest resistance is it people's willingness to change ability to change give up sugar give up alcohol what is like the kind of leading thing that statistics yeah. most people struggle with when they join yeah I mean um 
change is such a difficult one. I think people love a routine, as you know, um, routine really sets us up um, for success. But I think they struggle with change, a little bit of change in terms of open opening up to, up to new ideas. You know, they've always done this. This has always worked for me, but I've always done this training. I've always run 10K, but it's not working now, I have to say. You know, your body's changing. It's not working now. Um, cultural things as well. Like, but my family's always had this type of food. You know, explaining those sort of changes um, that have to take place for, for people's health, health is, is, yeah, it's, it's really tricky. I mean, I think it's probably the biggest change would be, A, knowing that they have to have a little bit of discipline around it, that it's not going to come easy. Um, and, yeah, knowing that the routine that they've already set for themselves is possibly not working and have to sort of handle hearing that. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one because within that routine that I give you, there has to be variety, which doesn't seem to make sense. Mm. So I give you a routine, I give you, you know, these outline of the 30, but within that we have to vary up our food, we have to vary up our fasting window, we have to vary up our exercise. So it is it is pretty tricky. I am throwing a bit of a spanner into people's works generally. Um, and I think, yeah, that sort of resistance come, comes into it. As you said, there's a lot of past history as well. But I think realizing that our body's not the same anymore as you get older is a big is a big deal. You know, our hormones change. And I don't want to start admitting that I'm possibly going through perimenopause, but what's wrong with that? I am. I've had two kids. I'm 45. You know, it's like, okay, my body doesn't work the same way. So you have to come in with an open mind. And I think that that change is hard for people to accept because they've always done something this way and or a trainer told them to do it this way. So it is hard admitting where you're at was probably my big hurdle in joining this group was like, I have to admit that I don't drink eight glasses of water a day, that I don't (laughs) sleep, that I eat and medicate with sugar. Like when someone else is going to look at it on a piece of paper, it can be quite confronting of where you're really at, not like the lie version that you tell yourself of like. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I think it is bringing that to the surface for people. It's pretty hard. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice in a way. It's kind of a gentle, supportive way that we do it and that, you know, no one's been judged. Um, and I think having that, having that checklist um, is so cool because you can literally see exactly straight away, oh my gosh, I need to work on my wellness areas, my my downtime from social media, you know, it stands out, doesn't it? Like a beacon, you know, I haven't done my um, breath work today. So yes, I've got my food sorted and my walking, my exercise, but I just haven't done the time out for me stuff. And, you know, we're, we're trying to reduce inflammation in all areas there. And sometimes I think people think those things aren't as important because it's time for them. But I agree. Yeah. The coffee thing, and I just drink instant coffee, but there is a ritual when I wake up of like, that is how I start my day. And that's a hard thing for me to drop that because that feels nice and like a morning cuddle but yeah helping <laughs> my how you know it's you know you can kind of justify things every which way um i i will say this though making very small changement changes and adjustments i mean i essentially had an upset tummy for like two years before i started working with you so <laughs> you know, and it's just someone standing over me. It's like having an additional parent to be like, do these basic human self-care exercises. Yeah. Walk outside for a minute, put your feet on the ground, all things I can tick off. And then I know that I have 
like this week, you're like, you've had a rock star Monday. I was like, I did have a rock star Monday because <laughs> I ticked off all my things and it feels it did look very motivated. <laughs> gives you more validation to do more. Um, how do you feel that, um, or how do you hold space for people when they sway? Because a lot of people listening won't, won't be in your program or maybe but they will relate to the feeling of like, okay, I'm going to eat healthy this week. And then I go somewhere and I have two glasses of wine. Then all of a sudden I'm eating McDonald's and I'm doing this. And that feels really fucking shit. So what do you say to that guilt period that people are in? Because that can almost start people going, oh, well, I'll throw it out the window. I'll start on Monday. What advice do you say to people in that moment? Yeah, so first, obviously, I look at the positives. First, I might make a joke with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell them, you know, not to beat themselves up. Um, you know, we look at actually what the triggers were so they can take a bit of responsibility rather than saying, oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. I always ask like, what the triggers were. Why did they, you know, what was it that made them go and suddenly have a bottle of wine? And then they start opening up that they had whatever, X amount of stress or something happened with the daughter or whatever it may be. And then it's like, well, okay, let's put that in perspective. You did 90% of it right um, and you had a blowout because you were stressed. Okay, it would have been better if you'd gone and had a massage and had a herbal tea, but that wasn't right there at the time. You know, the chocolate and the wine was. So just realizing, I think, you know, giving them a bit of comfort, um, knowing that it's okay. And then we have um, a sort of correct and continue attitude. How are we going to get back on track? So I pretty much you know, give them a bit of a, as you'd call it, a little cuddle um, online. And then we work out a strategy. So the worst thing is when someone thinks they've gone off rails and can't get back. Mm. And the minute you start someone realizing that maybe it's a bit of weight gain, that half of it is probably just fluid. You know, often I'll ask them just to check in with me again the next day and their weights come right back down again. And they realize, okay, it was a glitch. Yes, I've got a little bit of work to do to get off a few hundred grams or whatever. Um, and yeah, they can just move right on. If you just shut it down and move forward, I think it's, it's the best thing and give them tools. Go back to the basics, go back to that checklist and you'll often find things are triggered by stress or they maybe fasted too long or were too hungry because of something else. And it's really easy to resolve, um, you know, with someone guiding you. But yeah, at the time it can feel like you've had a massive fail and you can't get back on track. And I think that's where it, it, it doesn't work for some people. They they don't have the help to get back on track. And so a year turns into five years and how these mums or not even necessarily mums, but women or men in general have come to me and suddenly they've put on 30 kilos, 40 kilos, and they think it was just a few years ago. You know, it's, they haven't been able to get back on track, as you say, and it's just shutting down what happened that day and moving forward and looking at the bigger picture. So yeah, we have those little day-to-day goals to help that, but also just looking at what you've achieved this week and what we're going to achieve the next week mm. yeah it's really important such a great way of of looking at it and it, and again everyone's everyone's journey with weight I will disclaim it is is their own journey people come to you because they're they are at a point where they need help um and it's not always a scale goal again for me it was more about my <laughs> poor internal organs because yeah. I wasn't presenting as gaining weight but I was presenting other ways because of how I was using food um how have how like what is a success story for you that stuck with you because you've now had so many amazing women through your program is there is there one story that's really special for whether it was a weight loss journey or or similar yeah I mean um there are a couple so I'd have to really yeah I mean probably 
yeah, I guess one of my ladies, um, don't know if I should mention her name, but anyway, um, she has always had a passion for running and uh, she was one of the first ladies on the program. And uh, I think, yeah, just through getting lost herself, was just she was just lost, you know, um, didn't know where to go with how to start. She'd had two kids and this journey was just amazing for her. Over literally six or seven months, she did lose a huge amount of weight, but to be able to complete, you know, um, 90 minutes running solidly after losing 30 odd kilos and getting her love back is, is pretty rewarding for me. I just, you know, I feel really, really warm by that. And also I think as a general success story, it's probably the ladies who've come off hormone replacement therapy. Um, so women on uh, who've been told there's no other way, but to remove all of your, you know, remove your uterus, um, get on these powerful drugs and you'll be fine. You won't have these problems anymore. But for them to just say one more chance, I'm just going to try this this plan, and then I've completely gone off medication, feel amazing, mood swings are down, um, lost a ton of weight, completely changed that menopausal body shape, and I see it a lot. So I can obviously think of a few women that's happened to, and we've got the photos to show. But yeah, um, yeah it's it's a big thing that um, getting off all this medication, um, you know, people fixing their injuries because they've to slowly started with the beginner program doing exercise to build up pelvic floor and then now they can lift weights and um you know feel fantastic so yeah and and even in, in your you know your situation I'm not going to dive into details but you know you your stomach is an issue for you and it has been and as long as we're in check every now and then you feel amazing when your gut health is good and I can see how happy you are and I love that if it's okay to say you've got a little mood you know you've got you've added in a little mood check on my you've turned my 30s into 35s um but that's good I like that. listeners won't be shocked I've I've dealt with achieving this <laughs> Well, I thought uh, you've got mean, a little mood diary on there and that's really helpful yeah. for me because I can literally see your mood paired with obviously a few things going on you know you travel a lot and there's big nights of filming and early starts but yeah your mood it's showing you know your gut health is di directly a representation of your, of your mood so those things are huge for me I will yeah. say that having and and you know like whether you're doing Chrissy's program or not I would encourage people to yeah like even if you have a diary writing your mood one out of 10 a day is kind of a good thing to check in because you're right I can look back at all of my sheets that I've sent Christine go, oh, interesting. When I was only sleeping four hours, I was binge eating um, because I was tired. My mood was low. I was irritable, um, you know, didn't have my period for two months. They then had it had severe bloating. So it's all seeing in kind of black and white in front of me. It all be related is might sound so basic to some people, but actually having a, especially a mood chicken, you know, I obviously have depression and anxiety. And I notice like when my sleep hours are down and my carbs are high and my exercise is low is when my mood is at its lowest. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that is a huge, huge trigger. Which seems logical from the outside, but seeing it right in front of you, it goes, okay. No, actually, I mean you're right there, but I, I think people are surprised at what they what they learn from what what they learn the little things that actually do help them. And even I'm learning doing this group. You know that I'm I'm working I'm wearing this glucose monitor right now just to see what happens when I, 
you know, with stress and food, different food. So I was even surprised to learn that my baby's waking up at 1.30, 3.30. I know that causes stress and I know that causes damage to hormones, but to see my glucose spike on a monitor in a graph, you know, like you like the visuals, to see actually at 1.30 in the morning, my glucose has skyrocketed just by getting up to my baby and disturbing my sleep just shows when you are having a poor sleep, what, what that can do. And therefore the next day, as you said, you want more carbs, you know, and you might not be in the mood to exercise. It just is so, it's all compounding. And yeah, some people feel a bit strange about doing the breath work or trying to focus on sleep, shut off social media, go to bed early, but they don't realize the science behind it. It's not just me being a mum saying, go to bed early. It's the slowing down the pixels in the brain, you know, the neurotransmitters, stop them from firing so that you can get a deep sleep. Um, you know, and then heal the gut at nighttime, right? And and balance those hormones and let your liver do its job to repair itself for the next day. So yeah, all those little things. Um, I know there'll be a lot of mums listening and I don't want to actively take part in this dialogue because I'm not one. Um, but what is what is some some consistent things that you're noticing with with mums? Like what area do they struggle most with? Is it that they feel time poor? to actually take care of themselves. It's, it feels chicken and eggy, right? If you're time poor, yeah. you're not taking care of yourself. But if you could make time to prioritize taking care of yourself, you might actually execute a better day. Yeah, um, that's yeah. right. It is, yeah, definitely time poor for mums. Um, there's no time in the morning because the kids, they're getting kids ready for work, uh, school and they're getting maybe themselves ready for work. Um, so we have to work out, well, if you, you need to fit in some exercise. So th that's the bottom line. So you're going to have to make this work somehow. Do you get your husband to um, look after the kids at night and you do a gentle workout in the evening? Because I wouldn't want to put someone through a really high stress in the evening. You know, I say to them, let's just start with 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or go for a walk around the block, whatever it is. Go for the, go for a walk with your new baby every day. Just make that a thing for yourself. But I think, if the exercise is really a hard struggle, we actually get a lot of success just from nutrition and other factors, other parameters. So we, I often hear of mums stealing extra bits of toast off babies' high chairs and, you know, just not wanting food to go to waste. So shoveling it in and, and we've all been there and it's like these little bits of yumminess floating around peanut butter on toast in the mornings. So hard to say no to and having that, that control. And a lot of mums say they just can't feel full. They're tired. They cannot feel full. So they're just eating all day. So they've actually found that the, the intermittent fasting, actually setting a little timer and knowing that they're not going to eat till whatever time it may be, 10.30 in the morning, stops them from just mentally having that commitment to themselves, just stops them from picking on those little bits of food and, you know, um, upsetting their insulin levels and all of that. But yeah, fitting in just a tiny bit of exercise, um, changing their mood um, and just making sure that they feel full through our 30s with the protein and extra water, all of those things that they can manage. That's the main thing. And I've had so much, so many women say that they suddenly feel full for once in their lives. Wow, yeah. And that's so, that's so cool. Who wants to be hungry all day and be out of control? I think that's it. When feeling. you're tired, you can feel like a bottomless pit. And it's like, you're just like, it's as if you're craving yeah. something. You don't know what it's, it is. Yet. So exactly. I it's like if I've had a hangover, yeah, <laughs> yeah. eating all day thing until you feel better, you know? So yeah, it's like that. For anyone who might not really know or understand the science behind intermittent fasting, because I sure didn't, I was like, this sounds terrible, not eating for many hours. Could you maybe just explain briefly what it is and then the benefits of doing it? Yeah, sure. So there's lots of different forms of fasting. So you can, it's basically taking a digestive break. Okay. So if you look at it more 
a break on your sphere system to recover and repair as opposed to starving and missing a meal, then you get a better outlook at how, how it can work. Mm. So intermittent fasting is basically shortening your eating window. So you decide to stop eating at a certain time of night. Now we can all benefit from not snacking after dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the other things that people find so hard. So we set a certain time, we stop eating after dinner and we let our body have a digestive rest to recover, let the organs do the work they need to, let the gut bacteria um, start taking nutrients out of the food you've just eaten instead of being overloaded again with more food. So intermittent fasting can vary. You can do a um, at a minimum a 12-hour fast basically stopping eating at 8 p.m. at night and not starting again until 8 a.m. That's so good. That's 12 hours where the body can actually use all the glucose from the food you just ate at dinner and um, start to, you know, actually put it away in the places it needs to be used for and um, get yourself into some sort of usage of fat stores and healing the gut. Then you can take it a little step further and extend the fast. So you might decide you're going to add an hour to that in another week and you know, push it out till nine o'clock. And then after we get to a certain point of being able to have a few days of a longer rest, your body starts going into this beautiful repair phase called autophagy, which is actually translates as like body eating itself. So uh, it sounds awful, but it's where the cells decide if they're going to stay alive, live or die. And, you know, I heard this great analogy the other day um, on online where it's like you're having, you've got expired food in your fridge, and you just go shopping and put more new food into that. The expired food in the back eventually goes moldy and it sits there and, you know, it, it doesn't get cleansed out. And we just keep putting new food in without the body having time to just repair and get rid of old cells and old matter, old proteins. And, yeah, it's, it's just fantastic. So you just shorten your eating window. For some people, they can eat whatever they want within that window. That's one way to do it. Or if you want to get some really, really awesome results, you – Think of it as a clean slate. So you've had a break for your gut health and then you feed it with, feed your gut bacteria with whatever it needs. That's usually probiotic food and prebiotic fiber. So it's like cleaning the slate and then putting good food back in there. We don't want to clean the slate and then go for junk food, you know, give the bacteria a chance to do do its job. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that, but it's not a new science. You know, um, cultures have been doing it for centuries it's it's an ancient method of basically survival and yeah even even when we're sick it's a good thing to give our body a bit of a break mm. and 12 yeah. hours is a good place to start right like if people yeah i think that's great 12 hours that's pretty awesome yeah that's when we start to at least get into our fat stores whereas if you if you keep eating keep eating after dinner and have an early breakfast your body's still just dealing with a lot of glucose and hasn't actually even had a chance to get into fat stores and and then after that you've got you know more benefits the, the longer you fast to a certain point we don't usually go anywhere over 24 hours on this program um, that becomes advanced fasting and you need a little bit more um, detail to do that but yeah, yeah then okay. all the other health benefits come with that you know repair with the 24 hours so and brain fog was my biggest thing that I noticed um yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a real getting thing. Rid of, getting rid of some brain fog. I didn't realize that I had this like dull headache at most times. And it was just because I would come home, eat dinner, fall asleep, wake up, have coffee, breakfast. I just wasn't giving myself any break and I wasn't feeding myself good food. But um, yeah, that's right. The, 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 the gut health is so important. And, you know, our, every cell is talking to hormones. We've got so many hormones 
you know, racing around doing their job in the body and they have to communicate with the cell. So what we try to also do on this program is nourish the cells, right? And we know that the cell membrane is made up of um, good fats. So when we are putting in terribly processed bad fats, we're just basically creating this um, cell, the toxic sort of cell. And so, you know, we need that those cells, you know, affected in the brain, like you're saying, you get brain fog with too much sugar as well and not resting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just amazing the gut brain connection, but healing the cells and giving the right nutrients to make a cell is you've got control over that. You know, you actually can literally decide how you nourish your cell and what it's going to be made of by putting the right fats in. So it's pretty incredible. That's so cool. Um, that is my time with you, but I'm sure we'll have you on again. I just wanted everyone to kind of understand that there are options out there that they don't have to do this journey, whether it is weight loss for health reasons or whether it is that you are like me in a situation where you just need some accountability to stay on track and stay healthy. Um that there are options like this out there because I do feel like a lot of people can feel so daunted by the idea of even beginning and feeling like you have to do it alone. And there's so much information out there that oh, I yeah. wanted to sing your praises and be like, oh, <laughs> if not, find find a way to do it yourself, but know that you don't have to do it alone is, is so key, I reckon. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really appreciate you spreading the health love as well. And I know I've just loved following your journey. It's, it's nice. I mean, it is nice that you're not wanting weight loss as such. You're just wanting to, you know, get healthy. And I, I like that because it's interesting for me because most of my job is weight loss. Let's, say, let's face it. So, yeah, I love that you're spreading the health message. So thank you for that. No, that's fine. Well, you're the one to thank. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going to shit myself every day. Thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Isn't that great? That's you're a quote. <laughs> <laughs> really pivotal in that journey for me. So thank you. And keeping me on track with doing simple things like even being hydrated. And I have noticed a huge difference in especially this last job I did is like my ability to execute my job better because I am being kinder and better to myself for some really basic human needs that I have. So um, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's so great. Thanks for being so diligent. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pretty Depressed. A massive shout out to our executive producer, Kevin Connolly, and the amazing production team at Action Park Media. Now, I love validation, so please subscribe to this podcast. Give me five stars. Write some nice comments is what I live for. I need it to get through my day. Uh, you can also check us out at Pretty Depressed underscore on Instagram or send any feedback to Pretty Depressed Podcast at gmail.com. Cheers. <laughs>